You're listening to Overcome the Overwhelm for Special Needs Moms with Lauren Lowry. Well, hello, friends. I'm so glad to be back. Uh, You know, we took last week off because I actually had COVID. (laughs) And I was going to do it, but I just did not feel well enough. Um, I could not talk for very long or at all, and I would have sounded awful, which... I am afraid I'm still not sounding the greatest right now, so you'll have to bear with me, but it's fine. We're feeling a lot better here. Um, just me and my husband had it. I think my daughter may have had it for like 2.5 hours. Um, she was sick literally for two and a half hours, and she went to bed, and then she was fine the next day. So I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I was so sure she had it that I didn't go get her tested. Um, you know, she was quarantining anyways with us, so I didn't go get her tested because that's just, it's really awful for her. She's had to do a few of them before. She does not like it. So I don't know. I think she may have had it. Um, <laughs> but Leo, we did get tested. He was negative. He's had no symptoms. He's holding strong. Knock on wood. I, I just, I pray that it stays that way because it was not fun. But it did bring up some really interesting conversations um, and really interesting just, you know, I don't know, conversations, I guess, would be the good word here um, for, you know, me and on social media, uh, me and my family and me and my clients. All It kind of seemed like everyone was going through a collective thing. Maybe not everybody, but so many moms are going through a very collective experience here um, and dads, of course. And that is this kind of like, I'm going to call it medical trigger. And if you are the parent of a medically complex child, you're probably going to relate to this. Um, And I do want to just forewarn you guys here, if this is something that you really do struggle with, like a true PTSD, like I I want to warn you, like this is what this episode is going to be about. Um, If you're not quite ready to deal with that, you're not quite ready to learn more about that or, you know, you know, hear these kind of things, like, that's okay. You have absolutely, like, if you're not in a good space to do this yet, just stop this podcast. It's okay. Go back and listen to a different one. Go put on some Britney Spears or something. But, you know, go do something else. (laughs) I don't want anybody to be um, incredibly triggered, obviously, as we're talking about triggers. But yes, I want you to be in a good place to listen to this podcast. I do just want to preface this um, by saying that. So, Anyways, I did decide I'm going to do a two-part series on this. Um, You know, we did a two-part series on stress eating. And I'm thinking my voice is still not quite up for a full episode here. So I've decided that this would be a perfect opportunity for another one of those two-part series. You guys seem to really like that with the stress eating. And there's a lot of information I have here for you guys. So I was like, well, here we go again. We'll just do it again. It's perfect. So today's episode, we're going to talk about what medical triggers are, why they happen so often for special needs parents, and again, especially those with medically complex children. So, you know, let's dive in. (laughs) So first off, medical triggers uh, are anything like, it's just kind of that instance where if your child, just the first sign of like sniffles or cough or anything like that, triggers like a panic inside of you. You know, you're like, oh my God, this means, you know, you essentially mean that cough means going to the ER. That cough could mean death for your child. Like your brain goes there. It spirals. You are, it's awful. You know, um, 
and it's very common, especially if you had, have had traumatic experiences with your child in the past in a medical way. So that is kind of like in a nutshell what we are going to be talking about. So our brains, though, kind of to back up here, if left to their own devices, they feed off of past experiences. You know, they feed off of evidence. They love to find the evidence for, to support the story that they're going to tell you, right? It's almost like a separate being. They feed off of panic and fear. You know, if in the past your child had gotten sick and they had to be taken to the ER or an ambulance had to be called or they had to have surgery or an extended PICU stay, so many different things. You know, your brain connects those signs of illnesses to extreme danger. It connects that fever, you know, that cough, whatever it may be to a dangerous situation, to that dangerous memory. You know, oh, this happened once before and that was scary and that was awful and that was dangerous. And it sends our brain, it sends us into that oh so wonderful fight or flight mode. Because once again, it all stems back to our brain's main goals. Number one, seek pleasure. Number two, avoid pain. Number three, survive. And when left to its own devices and not managed, our brains will slowly be the end of us in attempt to meet these goals, right? You know, when we seek pleasure, goal number one, in the form of something like food, you know, that's a really big one. That's what we discussed in the last couple of podcast episodes. You know, this can result in being overweight. It can result in heart issues, diabetes, all sorts of things. Because the most pleasure in food is found in high dopamine foods like sugar and flour. So those are the things that our brains go to. So that's just a good example of how seeking pleasure can end up really affecting us in a negative way. So the second goal, we avoid pain. This shows up in ways like resisting negative emotions. You know, we stuff them down inside of us. Allowing them, those negative emotions to stay beneath the surface and fester it can result in anxiety, chronic stress, you know, which can lead to a whole slew of physical manifestations like chronic pain, <laughs> right? I don't think anybody wants that. So the third goal of our brains is when we strive for survival by worrying, causing more stress within ourselves, allowing our brains to live from a place of fight or flight or freeze mode, you know, because it doesn't feel safe without being in that state of mind, without being in survival mode. And this can result in, again, Oh gosh, so honestly, this can result in almost anything you can think of, but in anxiety, overwhelm, addiction issues, impulsivity, anger, aggression, and all of these things can lead to issues with your relationships, your marriage, your physical, you know, physical health, so many different things. So all of that to say, our brains mean well, they truly do, you know, but we sort of have to think of your brain as like a small toddler. Like with a knife, maybe. <laughs> you know, a small toddler that maybe grabbed a knife off the shelf. <laughs> that toddler is not bad. That toddler doesn't know that it wasn't supposed to grab that knife or do that thing. So we just have to gently redirect it. Like, oh, no, let's, okay, let's put down the knife. You know, it's, let's step away from the knife. We just have to gently redirect it to a safer situation, right? <laughs> and whenever it comes to medical triggers, our brains mean well. They think... They are doing their due diligence in keeping you safe by freaking out, causing panic, raising your heart rate, preparing you for fight or flight mode, preparing you for what it thinks will allow you and your child the best case of survival. 
goal number three, survival. And that's not an order of one through three. That's not like order of importance or anything. It's just how I labeled them today. (laughs) Now, this reaction to a scary situation, you know, that fight or flight mode, that was helpful when we were like cavemen. And survival literally meant running from a bear or a lion or whatever, you know. But these reactions within our brain and our body are not so helpful when your brain is reacting to something like a medical trigger, you know, such as your child getting a fever. I don't need my heart rate to go up when my child, whenever that thermometer says 101. I don't need my heart rate to go up there. I don't need to go into panic mode. I don't need to go into fight or flight mode here. It's not helpful. What ends up happening a lot of times is our brains register that trigger. It goes into that spiral of doom right? That whole story. It remembers that past experience. It remembers how bad and scary it was. And it wants to avoid that. It wants to avoid that pain. It leaps into action. It goes into that fight or flight mode. But instead of this being a helpful response, it ends up doing more damage than good in the long run. You know, one of those symptoms of fight or flight mode we talk about a lot is irrational thinking. And I think we can all agree that rational thinking or logical thinking is not exactly a desirable trait when your child gets sick. Yeah. (laughs) Can we agree with that? You know, it makes it difficult to make those decisions we need to make in that moment. You know, decisions like whether or not do we call the doctor yet, whether or not to take them to the hospital or not yet, what medicine should we give them for this situation? You know, those are just small, like simple examples here, but our judgment gets clouded by our fear and our anxiety, by our need for safety and survival. Now, when it comes to triggers, the best plan of action would obviously be to avoid all triggers, right? That's kind of what they say. Like, you know, best case for PTSD triggers, just avoid them. (laughs) But obviously, it's not an option when it comes to medical triggers concerning our child. You know, we can't exactly avoid, um, you know, our kids getting sick. It's going to happen, right? It's part of life. It's part of any child's life. So when we can't avoid these triggers, we can't do that, right? Not, not going to happen. But what we can do is get, get really good at understanding them, get really good at processing them and helping ourselves out of them. You know, the first important thing to understand about triggers is that they all stem from a thought about a situation or a circumstance. And I found it incredibly helpful for myself, and it's something I teach all my clients as well that I've coached on things like this, is to just be, just allow yourself to be curious about things like this. Allow yourself to be curious about your triggers. Curiosity of what is going on in my brain has by far been one of the most like life-changing skills I've ever learned over the years. It has allowed me to do so much. It has allowed me to change from being a reactive person to one that I don't know. I cannot think of the opposite of reactive right now, but I don't react to situations. I'm able to take the appropriate actions. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. But that is what curiosity has allowed me to do, you know, and I will get into how curiosity can actually help you overcome or, you know, how to really, truly deal with these triggers. We'll we'll get more into that in part two. But for today, let's just get curious about where they come from. Where are these triggers stemming from? What is causing this? So one of the uh, tools I teach in Overcome the Overwhelm is something called the thought model. 
Now, it's not something I created. I cannot take credit for this. It is a well-known tool in the coaching industry, and there's several different variations of it um, being used. The thought model, that term specifically, is from Burke Castillo. So, but in a nutshell, I'm not going to go into too many details here. The thought model is the understanding that when a circumstance, which is just a neutral fact in life, triggers a thought, that thought creates an emotion within us. And our emotion is what drives our actions, and our actions are what create our results in life. So just for an example, now this is a made-up example. Don't freak out. Like I said earlier, Leo's fine. The circumstance could be that my son Leo tests positive for COVID. And believe it or not, that is actually just a neutral fact. It's not good. It's not bad. My child tested positive for COVID. That is just a neutral thing. That's really hard to believe sometimes that that's just neutral. But what keeps it from being neutral is our thoughts about it. So this fact, him testing positive for COVID, then leads me to have a thought like, I'm so scared he's going to get really sick from this. That thought creates a feeling of intense fear inside of me whenever I think that. This fear then triggers my fight or flight mode, which leads to actions of things like illogical thinking. Maybe those actions look like calling my family in a panic, you know, packing a bag for the hospital, rushing them to the ER. You know, it comes with the anxiety, the overwhelm, all the things. My brain starts spiraling back to that doomsday spiral. The results of this might, this, you know, kind of all these actions might create are endless. You know, I may have taken him to the ER even though his symptoms were manageable at home. I probably scared my family, possibly for no reason, with my panic. I put myself through a lot of unnecessary suffering, possibly. You know, hell, I didn't even say he tested, I said he tested positive. I didn't even say he was having symptoms, right? But that doesn't keep me from doing all of those different things. You know, but that wasn't important to my brain in that moment that he wasn't having symptoms because it went down that doom spiral already. He was already on his deathbed in my mind. Now, this is a made-up scenario again because so far Leo has not tested a positive, thank God. But again, if left to its own devices, our brains will be the end of us, right? (laughs) Our brains will just run away. (laughs) I could even say, you know, my long-term results of living this way could lead to mental health issues physical health issues, chronic pain, failing relationships, so many different things. And that's a whole rabbit hole we could go down, but we we won't today. I won't go down the rabbit hole of, you know, what happens when you don't manage your brain. Um, But I'm trying to keep y'all out of that doom spiral, right? Don't need to go down that one. But in this situation, the COVID test reminded my brain of a memory. It reminded me of a time my child's life may have been in danger. And so many things could trigger this memory, big or small. You know, obvious or not so obvious even. One of the triggers I have had to seriously work on um, personally is entering our local children's hospital, which I've had to work through because it is literally where almost all of Leo's specialists are located, all of their, you know, offices. So it's not exactly one of those I got to avoid, right? (laughs) But for the longest time, even just being in that part of town, made my brain go nuts. It's in a completely different city. It's like an hour and a half away. But even just being in that part of town just made my brain already on high alert. It was a trigger. You know, it made me anxious. It made me panic internally. Um, so those are some obvious ones, maybe, you know, like a hospital, how it smells, things like that. Some less obvious ones would be things like pink lemonade. 
always reminds me of this memory as well, that same time when we're in the hospital, because it's literally all I drank for like months while we were there. Another really odd one that's not so obvious, styrofoam cups triggered the same memory, the same feeling inside me. Styrofoam cups, you heard me right. And here's why. I don't know why I find this so entertaining to me now, because I've allowed myself to get curious. That's why. (laughs) But there was a children's artwork um, display, and it was Dalmatian dogs, like little firehouse, you know, like little firemen Dalmatian dogs made from styrofoam cups. And little kids had made this. It was on the wall there at the children's hospital. And I got lost a lot in the hospital. Um, and I don't know. I always get lost everywhere, but I always looked for what I called, I called them the pup cups to turn, to get back to the ER from the main building. Got to turn the pup cups. That's how I knew how to get back. And, you know, even as I'm doing this podcast and talking about these things, I am feeling that emotion. You know, I'm feeling the pain of that experience, but the difference is it is a manageable emotion. You know, it is trauma that I've spent a great deal of time and intentional effort to work through. I have worked to allow these emotions rather than resisting them, rather than shoving them down. Because when we resist these intense emotions, such as the, you know, the fear and the trauma experienced when Leo was at the hospital, you know, when we just shove them down, they will rear their ugly heads when we are triggered. And we are reminded once again of that experience. You know, or rear their ugly heads when our brains think that we are going to be reliving that past experience once again. Okay, and that is what we will all be discussing is how to deal with all of that. How to overcome all of that in next week's podcast. How to start moving through these triggers. How to start overcoming them and learning to manage your brain's response to them in a way that is healthy and helpful to you and your family. It's going to give you the best results in life rather than just allowing things to go on like they are. You know, okay, guys, I'm, I'm going to end it here for today <laughs> because this is some pretty heavy stuff today. So, and before I end here, I want you to do me a favor because this was kind of heavy. This is not, not exactly the most joyful podcast, right? <laughs> I want you to do me a favor and give yourself a good shake off. I mean, literally. So I, okay, you got to do this with me. You guys got to do it. We're going to relax your forehead. And drop your shoulders and just shake your arms out and roll your neck. I promise you just got to release that tension. Just, just shake it out, guys. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath with me and smile. And we got this, okay? Next week, I'm so excited to give you guys some real concrete tips and tools on how to overcome all of these triggers and how to start moving through and get better results. But until then, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I hope you stay safe out there. There's a lot of those sicknesses going around and just stay safe, stay sane. Okay. I will talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Overcome the Overwhelm. If you have questions or like more information, head on over to LowryLifeCoaching.com and I'll see you next week.